Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Let's go to Psalms 24, verses 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being the King of glory. We thank you for being the King that reigns and rules and um, that super rules, that super reigns. Dear Lord, we thank you, Father, for never giving up on us. We thank you for um, never changing. We thank you, Lord, for winning every battle that you are faced with, dear Lord. Nothing catches you by surprise. Nothing is um, unplanned with you, dear Lord, because you are the author and the finisher of everything, dear Lord. We thank you, Father, for being God and God alone. Lord, be in this service, be in this time that we're going to dwell with you. Um, let someone be saved, set free, and healed, and delivered, and um, by the word and um, by what we do, dear Lord. In your name we pray, amen. He has never lost a battle. We give him glory, we give him honor, we give him praise because he's never lost and he never will. He's never lost and he never will. Thank you, Lord. So come on, lift up your hands and tell him thank you. Come on, lift up your heart in your hands and tell him thank you for never losing. Lift up your hearts and lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lift up your mind and tell him thank you. He is the king of glory. He will never lose a battle. He's never lost a battle.
already won. He's already won. The battle say. The battle.
Christ. Blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed be God who walks with us, who talks with us, and who tells us that we are indeed his own. Praise the Lord. Before we get into our study, let me just say a few things and uh, and then we'll get on into our study of Acts 
chapter 8. Let me thank Lady C and her entire team, all those who made it uh, possible, all those who worked really hard uh, to pass out over the last uh, three weeks 4,000 boxes of food, over 120,000 pounds of food. Certainly we're grateful as well to our partner churches, uh, Mount Enon, the word church that I know of, and there were others. But I certainly want to thank uh, that entire crew, even people who were not from Mount Calvary, people uh, just from the community who said, hey, uh, we want to help. Uh, one of our own, Robert White, who is a ninth grader, he is a freshman at DECA. Uh, his mother is so proud, she sent me um, his grades language arts, he, he got a B plus, physics, he got a B plus, in wellness, he got an A minus, Spanish, B plus, world history, A plus, algebra, A plus. There were comments from his teachers like Robert did well managing his workload and excelled on an assignments consistently. Robert did a great job with remote learning. Uh, another teacher commented, Robert works hard and is deeply invested in online learning. Another one said, he has a very strong understanding of the content and even stronger work ethic. Congratulations, Robert White. Keep up the good work, sir. Uh, tonight at St. James Miracle Temple, uh, I'll be preaching there on MacArthur. Uh, you can jump online. It is at 5 o'clock. Uh, if you are on Facebook, you can go to St. James Miracle Temple Facebook page and, uh, and catch that service tonight at 5 o'clock. Acts chapter 8 is where we're going today. Acts chapter 8, we're going to start reading at verse 13. And I'm reading from the New International Version of Holy Scripture. It will be here on your screen Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 13. Here's what it says. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said 
may happen to me. One more verse. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Verses 13 through 25 of Acts chapter 8. We continue our study this week in the Acts of the Apostles. Just by way of reminder, all of 2020 we have been focusing on rediscovering the church that Jesus built. We are looking to transform lives through dynamic administration, through the way we do church, or more accurately, by the way we be church, if you will allow me to say it like that. Because if there's one thing that I pray that we have taken away from our study over the last 10 months, it's that we don't do church. We don't even have church. We are church. We are the gathering of called out believers. We are the blood bought. We are the redeemed. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost because the Lord doesn't dwell in temples made with human hands. What, what kind of house could human hands build for him? Heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. What kind of house could a human build for a God who covers himself with light like a garment, who stretches out the sky like a curtain? A God who makes the clouds his chariot and walks on the wings of the wind. He does not live in brick and mortar. He lives in us. We are his church. And as his church, we are endeavoring to discover what he wants his church to look like. And so we have been slow walking through the book of Acts. And when we left off last week... Deacon Philip has gone down to Samaria to preach Jesus there. This Holy Ghost-filled man of wisdom and reputation is taking the, go the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who haven't heard it. And when he gets there, he finds that there is in the city of Samaria a man who has bewitched the people of Samaria, a sorcerer named Simon, who has been wowing the people for a long time. They're amazed at his magic act, if you will. They are enthralled by what he can do. And Simon has convinced them that he really is somebody. They are calling him the great power of God. That is, until the real power shows up. And they discover that the real power of God will not just wow them with a good show, but will change them from the inside out. People are getting saved and delivered and healed and set free. The Bible says that when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. As a matter of fact, even Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he was captivated by the miracles and wonders being performed through Philip and followed Philip everywhere. Now word gets back to the apostles, to the church leadership, which was still in Jerusalem. The leadership of the church was still at home base. And when word gets back to them that Samaria had accepted the word 
word of God, the apostles sent Peter and John down to Samaria. And when Peter and John got there, they discovered that these new converts had believed, had been baptized, but the Holy Ghost had not yet fallen on them. So they prayed. They prayed that the Holy Ghost, uh, that, that they would receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't write this stuff. I just report it. And I know that we are yet falling out about laying hands on people and about the Holy Ghost in general. But I do want to point out that the Bible records that these new believers, these new converts who had been baptized, who had believed already, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost had not yet fallen on them. I just lost a few people right there, but y'all just, I'm, I'm, I'm in the world. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says that when the apostles laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Now, you theologians can argue about, y'all can argue about that all you want. All I'm telling you is what I see in the Bible. These people had believed, they had been baptized, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost until the apostles laid their hands on them, and then they received. But I digress. Simon sees that when the apostles laid their hands on the people, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he pulls out his wallet, as it were. And in Winston translation, he says, let me get some of that. Here, I've got an offering for you. Give me the power. So that when I lay my hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible records that Peter says, your money perish with you. You thought you could buy the gift of God with money? You don't have any part of this ministry because your heart is not right with God. I'm sorry. I don't mean to digress again, but isn't it something how it looks like in the original church, the man of God tells Simon, you can't buy this gift. But in the church of 2020, it's like we're trying to sell the gift. It looks like we're trying to sell the whole, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just get wary. It, it makes my skin crawl. It makes me itch every time some preacher or prophet or pastor or apostle or bishop gets up and attaches money to a miracle. It just, it just, I don't know, I just get wary every time somebody says, if you give such and such amount, come up here and I'll pray for you. I just get wary when I turn on Christian television and I hear some preacher saying that for $20.20, I'll send you this miracle water and your 2020 will be blessed and successful. How are you going to sell a gift that you didn't pay for? But I digress. Peter lays into this man Simon he says repent pray and ask God to forgive you because you're full of bitterness and you are bound by sin and Simon apparently pricked to his heart says uh, brother Peter please pray for me wow what an encounter what a word for the church of the living God. There is so much in this account, but in light of what we're focusing in on right now, I just want to preach for a little while on our way uh, to the Lord's Supper. I want to preach from the subject, Mission in Action. 
mission in action. You remember what Jesus said after he got up from the grave? He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He said, since I got all the power, you go. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Most Christians refer to this as the Great Commission. This is our assignment. This is what the Lord Jesus said to do. And in this story, in the book of Acts, what we see is the mission in action for the church. Let me just point out what mission in action looks like for the early church, and then we'll head on into the Lord's Supper. Uh, because there are three actions of the church here. There are three actions on behalf of the church. There are three actions which represent the church that I believe if we would follow these three actions, we would be fulfilling the mission that our Lord left for us. We can, we can go from just wowing everybody with amazing acts. We can go from just wowing everybody with professional lights and sound. We can go from just wowing everybody with professional practiced preaching. We can go from just wowing everybody with professional music. We can go from just wowing everybody to actually transforming lives to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. Here's, here's the first action. It's all the way back in verse 5. Philip, this great deacon, Philip, this Holy Ghost filled man, Philip, this respectable man of wisdom, here it is, here's the first thing he preached. Preach. Philip, representing the church, having had hands laid on him by the apostles as an agent of the church, Philip preached. That's the first action. We must preach. Now, I talked about it last week, so I won't say too much about it today, uh, but, but we know that he preached, and we know what he preached. The Bible said he preached Christ to them. He preached that Jesus is the Messiah. He preached that Jesus is Lord. And verse 12 tells us that he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. I believe I said it last week. Listen, whatever else we preach, we have to make absolutely sure that we preach and that we preach the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. If there was ever a time when the world needed some good news, it's now. Coronavirus is on the rise. That's bad news. Another black man, one of our men, was harassed this week by police officers in Miami County. That's, that's bad news. Police in North Carolina arrested and pepper sprayed protesters during a march to the poll rally this week. That's, that's bad news. More intentional misinformation is being disseminated on social media which targets black and brown voters in order to suppress voter turnout for this election. That's bad news. I found out this week that somebody's son 
is back on drugs after being free for years. That's bad news. Some mother had to bury her child this week. That's bad news. Some father got laid off this week. That's bad news. The world is in need of some good news. And church, we have it. Our God reigns. That's good news. He's still in charge. That's good news. He knows what he's doing. That's good news. He's bigger than coronavirus. That's good news. Vengeance is his. That's good news. He watches over us, protects us, defends us. That's good news. He heals the brokenhearted. That's good news. Jesus died in our place. That's good news. He got up from the grave. That's good news. There's power in his name. That's good news. There's salvation in his name. That's good news. There's healing in his name. That that's good news. There's deliverance in his name. That's good news. Church, the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Preach we got some good news. But there's another action that's evident in this passage of Scripture on behalf of the church. Verse 14 says, When the apostles heard about what was going on in Samaria, they sent Peter and John. Not only is there preaching, but number two, there is reaching. Not only must we preach, we must reach. The church reaches out. Philip went down to Samaria to preach, but when the church leadership gets word, they reach out. They send Peter and John to where the people are. Philip had some support from the church. He wasn't out there as a lone ranger. He didn't go off and start his own thing. He didn't go off and start his own ministry out from under the umbrella. Oh, I just got in trouble with somebody. He didn't go out and start his own ministry without the umbrella of the church outside of their oversight, outside of their accountability. No, he went out and when they got word about it, they supported him. Peter and John moved beyond Jerusalem so that they could help support the work in Samaria. Listen to me, they weren't too holy to get in the trenches. They weren't too holy to, uh, to go and do some work. They weren't too big to go and touch people where they were. They didn't have too many armor bearers and security so that they couldn't get involved where the people were. They weren't too important to leave their headquarters and to head out where the action was. Peter and John went to Samaria and went to work. They didn't reach out to shut Philip down. They didn't go to prove their dominance. They went to water what Philip planted. Philip got them saved and baptized, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. And that's where Peter and John came in. You see, we've got to keep in mind that Jesus' command said, go. I've come to discover that the church of 2020 spends most of our time trying to make it comfortable for people to come. When Jesus said, go. 
We're always trying to figure out how to make people come to us when Jesus said go to them. Uh, whether you're the one doing the, doing the planting or the one doing the watering, somebody needs you right where they are. Go. Reach out. Reach out to that woman on the street who's hooked on heroin and can't see a way of escape. Go. Reach out to that man who has no fear of death because he has no hope in life. Go. Reach out to that young lady who is selling her body because she's desperate and degraded. Go. Reach out to that child who had to try to teach himself how to be a man because his daddy wasn't around. Church, we must preach and we must reach we gotta go but then the final action I see in the story and will be done is teaching Philip preaches the apostles reach out through Peter and John but then an opportunity arises for some teaching I'm almost done it's in the text this new convert Simon this new believer this, this man who's still recovering from a lifestyle of demonic sorcery and deception. Let's not be too hard on Simon. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been to new member orientation yet. He's just glad to be in the number. He's just grateful to be able to hang out with Philip. He's just grateful to follow Deacon Philip around all the time. He doesn't know what he's doing when he offers money to Peter for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't be too hard on Simon. He's on the right track. At least he believes and at least he's baptized and at least he's hanging around. He just doesn't know any better. I, I know, I know, uh, I, I know I know he's on the right track because in verse 13 it says he believed and he was baptized. Now, I know we make it seem like he wasn't saved by the time you get to verse 19, but Peter never said that. Uh, and, and I got news for you today. Let me, let me drop a little uh, doctrine on you right quick. If he was saved in verse 13, he's still saved in verse 19. Uh, up in verse 13, he fulfilled all the requirements. He believed and he was baptized what are you saying, Reverend? Here's what I'm saying. He was saved, but he was ignorant. Saved and ignorant. I'm almost done. I'm about to get out of here. Saved and didn't know any better. Saved and uninformed. Saved and uneducated. Saved and undiscipled. Saved and full of Bitterness saved and still bound by sin. Oh, wow. That explains so much. It explains how some people that you know are believers could act like we do. It explains how some people that we know are believers could treat people the way we do. It explains the reason why some believers can be okay with having no concern for anybody who's not like them. It explains the reason why some folk, some saved folk live like we do. Because I got news for you. It is possible to be saved and ignorant. 
It's possible to be saved and uninformed, to be saved and unaware, even to be saved and bitter. And so Peter comes down hard on Simon because Simon needs to learn this lesson because Simon is influential. Remember, the whole town was following him before Philip got there, and Simon cannot afford to be in error in this message. And so Peter comes down hard on him. Simon needs to learn it, and Peter is the one who has to teach it. In this short exchange, Peter teaches several truths. First of all, Peter teaches that the Holy Ghost is a gift given from on high, not purchased with money. Then Peter teaches you can't buy what Jesus already paid for, and to attempt to do so is like a slap in God's face. Peter teaches that while man sees the outward appearance, God sees the heart. Peter teaches that repentance is possible. Peter teaches that forgiveness is available. Peter teaches that bitterness is overcomable. Peter teaches that bondage of sin is breakable. And I wish that I could preach this like I feel it, but I've got to tell you that all this was made possible because of what Jesus did at Calvary. At Calvary, Christ died according to the scriptures. At Calvary, he was hung up for you and for me. At Calvary, they nailed his hands and riveted his feet. At Calvary, they hung him on an old rugged cross. At Calvary, mercy there was great and grace was free. At Calvary, pardon them was multiplied to me at Calvary my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary he died until the earth began to reel and rock at Calvary he died until the sun refused to shine he died until the moon dripped in blood. He died at Calvary. They buried him in Joseph's new tomb. And he stayed there for three days. But the preacher used to say, right early on Sunday morning, he got up from the grave and he got up saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth he got up saying I am he who was dead but I am alive forevermore he got up with the keys to death hell and the grave he got up with all power in his hands. All power is given unto me 
in heaven and on earth. So go preach the gospel. Go reach out to the world. Go and teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'll be with 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 you. I'll go with you. You'll never have to go alone. You'll never have to go by yourself. I'll be with you. If you preach, I'll be with you. If you reach, I'll be with you. If you go, I'll be with you. If you teach, I will. That's why I can, I can keep my head in the middle of a pandemic because he's with me. That's why I'm trying to quit. That's why I won't go crazy because he's with me. That's why I can keep on going because he's with me. That's why I don't have to be sad, disgusted, busted, and defeated because he's with me. Hey, hallelujah. Listen, church. We have a charge to keep. We have a God to glorify. We have a mission to fulfill. The church, the early church, shows us what it looks like. Preach. And it wasn't just the preacher. Philip, there's no record of Philip being elevated from a deacon to a preacher. But he preached. Reach, go to where they are. And then teach because even after people get saved, <laughs> you can still be saved and ignorant. We need to know the truth. And if we will do that, we'll start to look like the church that Jesus built at the very gates of hell cannot withstand. If you're part of his church and glad about it, say amen. Listen, if you are not a part of his church, I have real good news for you. You can be you can be saved today. You want to hear the good news? Here it is. God loved the world so much, that's you, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved. That's good news. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. That's good news. If you want the Lord to come into your heart today, you want him to be Lord over your life. You finally recognize that he's in charge and you're not. That he's running things and you're not. 
today, November 1st, 2020, you can be saved and know it. Know that you're on your way to be with him forever. If that's the decision you're making today, would you send us a note, send us a message saying, today, I want to give my life to Christ. Somebody will reach out to you and we'll begin to teach you so that you can be saved and know about your salvation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is that A flat? Yeah. Let me sing just a little of this and we'll get ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Jesus keep me the cross there a precious fountain hallelujah it's free free to all a healing stream Yes, sir. And it flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross in the raptured soul shall find I'm going to find rest beyond the river come on sing with me at home in the cross in the Oh, be my glory, be my glory ever, oh, till, till my raptured, my raptured soul, my raptured soul shall find, I'm gonna find rest. Beyond the river, the river in the cross, in the cross, be my glory. I'm trying my best to move on. Be my glory. Be my glory ever. Yes, sir. Until 
until until my raptured soul my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river I'm gonna find rest rest beyond the river until I find rest beyond beyond the river beyond the river I can walk right now because I'm gonna have rest beyond the river the river the river hallelujah hallelujah I'll find rest I'll find rest I'll find rest I'll find rest I'll have rest he'll give me rest he'll give me rest oh oh my raptured soul will find rest beyond glory May the Lord keep us in the cross. Whatever else we find or that we think we have to glory in, Paul said, I count all these things as loss. I glory in the cross of Christ. You have your elements, you can get them now as we remember. Jesus has done for us at Calvary. As we remember the sacrifice made, the bloodshed for you and for me. You got your elements ready? On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it gave it to his disciples. He said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, 
he gave thanks and blessed it and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for the payment for the remission of sins now take and drink all of it and thank God right where you are we don't all have to be together we don't all have to do the same thing but thank God for what he's done for us through Jesus Christ hallelujah Hallelujah to Jesus. If you choose to give today, you're giving your tithe, your offerings, out of grateful hearts, you can do so in one of several ways. You can use text to give, 937 543 5169. You can use the Givelify app on your phone if you have it, or the Cash app on your phone. MTCALMBC is the Cash app handle. Again, we don't give out of legalistic ritual, we don't give to buy favor. We give out of grateful hearts. We're just grateful. Let me say, and y'all can keep playing that, we'll get out. Let me say, before we leave here today if you have not voted yet please do you can go downtown between 1 and 5 today souls to the poll we are instructed in the bible to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and one of the things we owe we owe this country because we are a part of it we owe our ancestors because they died for it and that is to vote there's been some misinformation going around that your vote doesn't count. That it's the, elect, the electoral college who really selects the president and that that doesn't matter as, as far as what your vote is. But can I tell you, that's not quite the way it works. The electoral college votes will be given, will be delegated, based on how Ohio votes. If you don't vote, you are letting somebody else make your decision and you are giving away your right to make any decision about this country and you're giving away your right to complain about it. Please, between now and Tuesday, go vote. And I say go, you can send it in, but I would, I would encourage you to go because right now I'm not trusting the mail system and I don't want nothing to get between my vote and the count. Amen, somebody. If you can, go. If you don't have a way, you need a way, call the church tomorrow. Leave a message. We'll try to help you get there. We just want you to get there, all right? God bless you. God bless you. I think that's it. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together. Amen. Amen. Oh, he'll give you rest.
beyond the river, the river, the river.